So, this one time, Henry Kissinger fucking died. Oh my god! He was in the machine after all. Alright, well, that is some good news to start out your podcast day. Hi, Fuzz, how are you? I'm not dead. That's good. I'm not dead either. Yeah. Um, we've gotten Tyrion on the road to MFF. Yep. The production room is stripped barren almost. It always looks so weird when there's yeah. a con going on. Like, like just empty shelves, random assortment of books. Because like, oh, we had seven of them and we took five of them or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And a little stack of, we need to set these aside for orders. And <laughs> yeah, like over behind us right now, there's several books and some piles of comics that came in. Like another 20 copies of Table for Three by A. Yeah. You know, we just need for general stock purposes and like FC. But, you know, we had a last second order that... Like, half of it came yesterday, and then the other half came today, yeah. so we had to come over and uh, just Three boxes of boxes. books arrived today that I ordered on November 15th. Ah. Like, they, and they're just normal, black and white, standard trade size novels. Like, they're not, like, our color things, or they're not, like, a custom size or anything like that, and I'm just... It took them that long, and that was. And this is before you know they were like, "Hey, if you don't get your orders in by November twenty seventh, you're fucked for Christmas." You know, but <laughs> Jeez. yeah. <laughs> but I guess they were just maybe that busy. I don't know. But I was kind of sweating it, and they arrived today. Yeah, like I was over here yesterday for like four hours and just. Opening boxes, sorting them, getting things slotted into the boxes where they belong, mm-hmm. having to reorganize it. Dom Ryu had a whole box just by himself because mm-hmm. we stocked up on cast scratches and rat pack. Yeah, he has a table, so he'll probably end up buying a bunch of those from us. Oh, I'm sure. Rate and, and had to them. repack the Art Decade books because we, we restocked, which is good because you know, <laughs> we always sell those, but those had to be reordered. The San Picos Art books, we got back in stock a bunch of those mm-hmm. like it's good we're going into mff with lots of product so get excited if you're gonna be there but if you're gonna be there you're probably not gonna hear this podcast because it's gonna come out on thursday and you're gonna be at the con yeah like but, I, i'm kind of hoping like oh maybe people listen to it under other way there they can hear about our new shit yeah because <laughs> that's what we want to talk about to start is like hey there's some new product that's coming out at mff it's debuting at Chicago's biggest furry event of the year. It's the world's biggest furry event. Well, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Also, like they're sharing the convention center space with like a it's like an oddities convention. Yeah, like I saw that come up in like the Writers Guild chat. It's it's called an oddities convention, and it's like a lot of the hippy dippy. It's a lot of the like essential oils, essential oils and crystals and Candles. weird like creepy dolls and weird antiques and occasionally get some really cool stuff that's kind of disturbing like giant not taxidermy but you know the pinned insects and oh, stuff right. made with bones and like it, it's a wildly varying thing but if you think about dudes with curly mustaches top hats and utility kilts and women who do burlesque with their tits out these are the kinds of people that are going to be there so it's actually very compatible with the average furry yeah i was actually thinking that i was like this seems like a group that would probably mesh their weirdness might mesh pretty well with our weirdness or at least they would connect on a hey you're into a weird thing and i'm into a weird thing yeah you know like honestly 
sharing that space probably shouldn't come into too much conflict unless like some of them start messing with some of ours but i doubt that yeah there's to be like oh we're here to be weird you know i'm here dressed as a steampunk you know explorer but that man in the walking carpet he's too weird yeah i don't i don't see that really happening yeah, like the furry would be like, I'm, I'm dressed as a steampunk warlock who's also a werewolf. I'm going to bite you and fuck <laughs> your wife. <laughs> yeah, it's not like their shared space with like the Republican National Convention. Yeah, it should be like fine. That. Yeah. Because like the, the people that sell at the pop-up markets, like Weird Wednesday in Fort Worth and some of the other pop-up markets I've done yeah. with my mom, like, yeah, it's it's fine. It's not really my speed, mm-hmm. but it's it's compatible like the vibes are fine like and that's yeah. like i don't need to be like buddies with people but if they're not like selling maga shit in 1776 right. and fucking spartan Thin helmets blue lines yeah shit. like yeah. those are the people that suck ass i'll take the weirdos who taxidermy insects and make mm. little dioramas that feature bugs and skulls yeah i mean it's a very broad generalization but i can imagine most of those people are not gonna be like oh you're queer ew you know, like, yeah. it's probably not, like, a thing. It'll be fine. They're probably there with their own bisexual harem, so, you know. Yeah, like, again, you're, you're looking at couples that are dudes with top hats, beards, and utility kilts, and their girlfriend does burlesque, a.k.a. Yeah. stripping for nerds. <laughs> so, it'll be fine. Yeah. So, let's bust out. What's the new shit that's coming out at Mafuf? There's some new shit in town. Okay, so, to make this easy for folks... If you go to furplanet.com, the product index on the left-hand side, uh, there's a category that says new items. I always add our newest and new and recent releases there. Let's go to page two. We'll work our way backwards here. Uh, first up is uh, Peace and Love by Husky Tear. So Peace and Love is a uh, very cute novella. It is a male-female romance. And it takes place in the 60s. And uh, base, it's got uh, some anti-capitalism in it. You know, you got like a landlord threatening to shut down a beloved store. Um, and, you know, they, and the law student is pretty straight and narrow, but then falls in love with this hippie chick and gets roped into trying to help out. Um, it has a, a super cute cover by Idis, who we've uh, worked with before. And that is uh, it's 15 bucks. And um, for our new novels and novellas, I have been slowly adding this new preview widget service that I found. So you can go and read uh, 20% of the book for free on the website. It's just embedded in the page there. It shows the print layout, but you can also select the menu and open up a ebook layout as well, which I want to start adding that to more and more of our existing titles so that people can uh, do a little sample for purchasing. Oh, so I've got, uh, I also add on here other new shit that we pick up from other people. So I've got uh, a show of the ropes on here, which we brought a whole bunch of those to MFF. Like, the whole long box plus some, I think. Maybe two long boxes. Yeah, I don't know, because like, it's thick. It's 85 pages long. So, um, it's really good. It, good quality paper, and and I think it was cloth stock. Um, I haven't looked at it in a little bit. You know, you know it if you've seen it. It's got a lot of 
Groats and BDSM and kink, trio of trans people, and it's just good shit. This is a glow possum. This is the same artist that did Crossing That Bridge. Yep. Which a lot of people have read and and purchased from us. And, and she's working on a follow-up. Nice. Featuring the same characters. Oh, very good. I had not, uh, my, my head's been so all over the place lately, I had not been keeping up with that. Yeah. Moving on, our next release. Um, so we've been working with uh, the artist Vasuki for many years, and we are releasing Volume Seven in the art book series, Stodoli Art, which is it's long. It's a hundred and twelve pages long, so it's like a whole bunch of stuff. And, and it's got a nice cover. And it's got a nice cover. It's just he always does. Um, I'm not sure of their pronouns, um, but Vasuki always does like a. Like a pretty bright main color and then, you know, like a different image on the cover. Uh, and this one is is yellow with little pink and blue stokes in, in the background. It's actually yeah, it's, really it's a really cute look. It's a very 90s kind of pattern, but the fact that the little dudes on it are little weasels or stokes yeah. is even better. And, like, we got oh, just shitload of those copies. And they went... <laughs> In, like, their own long box. Yeah, I mean, and once you get up to seven volumes, like, you're you're filling up a whole box yeah. at that point. We have a few artists and authors that just have, like, a ton of stuff because we've been working with them for, like, years and years. Oh, yeah, is, like Arcticade, San Picos, Scapo now. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. lots of artists that we've worked with and just have a full yeah. thing. Cadath has like a ton of different stuff. Oh god, so much Cadath. <laughs> and that's not a negative thing. It's just like yeah. dude's prolific and he makes a lot of good stuff, but holy shit, there's a lot of it. And uh Cadath and Kaylee are going to be dealing at MFF, um, by the way, so you should totally visit their table uh if you are going to be at the con. Uh the next novella we have up is Otters at Space Four. First Maustronaut. Uh, so this is a novella. It's in the Otters in Space series, of course. Um, I it, it's it's all all is by Mary Loud. Uh, all her stuff is pretty clean. So I, I rate it as one PG. Some scary scenes, which you know, there's always mild peril. I mean, you're in space. Yeah, that's a dangerous place to be. Yep. No matter what species you are. Uh, the cover is by Black Tegan. Always always awesome and good to work with. Did another fantastic job for us. Uh, Idis had done the um, the, pri- uh, the last two volumes of Otters in Space. And we didn't have Idis do this one because she was already working on the Peace and Love cover. And that one was complex. That's a full-size cover. Yeah, and the, and the Peace and Love cover was like uh, the author, Husky Tear was like, oh, I really like Idis's cover for this other book. You know, so can we get Idis? And Ajax was like, totally, you know, we'll we'll contact her and see. And like she was she was up for it. And then after that we're like, fuck, we need an Otters and Space 4 cover. Well <laughs> So we'll have had three different cover artists for the Otters in Space series, but they all look really good and they They've maintained a sense of consistency across the volumes, which is nice. Again, you can read a preview of Otters in Space 4 on the website. Back to the visual art. Cadath, Olivia, The Pleasure Principle, Part 4. So, obviously, the, the follow-up to Part 3. Um, it's just Olivia getting up to just all kinds of fun at this exclusive college that she attends. Looks like uh, there's no less than three different horse guys on the cover there. Yep. I think two of them are horses and one someone else. 
No, maybe all three are horses. I don't know. I I had to read through it fairly quickly because I was like laying out so many. I don't many think things. I actually saw that one. But there's like no. Oh, there's um. So there is a gay scene as well. Characters are by and they yeah, fuck yeah. Too. I don't know if one, yeah, like one guy is getting aroused watching Olivia being fucked by somebody else. It's like hurry up, man, and and his friend is like. Hey, you know, I can help you out while you wait. And it's like, it's just bros being bros, right? Yeah, this is a bro job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, 40 pages. It is, um, you know, it's great art and uh, very porny. There's vaginal and anal sexes. And also the aforementioned bro job. Let's say another uh, Mr. Stallion comic, too. Yes, so Mr. Stallion is one of our newer artists. Um, this is his fourth comic i think with us yeah uh it's called tip your waiters so people who are into the kind of bear body type the dad body type will uh, will like this story so um dude brings his friend home his his dad is there and they're bears um the friend is a wolf and like the son has to like run out and get something and like the dad had been complaining about uh lack of money and the friend is like, he's like, how do you make money? And the friend is like, well, you know, basically Pornhub. <laughs> or um, what's the other one? OnlyFans. Yeah. And he's like, really? There are guys, there are people who would be into old guys like me? And the bear's like, oh, dude, you have no idea. So, you know, they end up doing a little stream show. Um, and the last line of the blurb is, after all, never fuck your roommate's dad isn't into bro code, is it? It might be. <laughs> I don't know. So that's uh, 42 pages. If you like chubby bear dads and um, gayness, then that will totally be up your alley. And I think that is everything. We have another couple. We have like some recent releases from Anthrocon that are going to be there too, like uh, The Price of Thorns by Tim Sussman, yep. which is a very excellent fantasy novel. I think there's like 65 copies or so. That's a lot. Yeah. And uh, it's a thick ass book. Oh, yeah. So. 508 pages, I think it is. Uh, let me look. 508. Yeah. So that uh, that's more pages than. Um, Ursula Vernon's newest hardcover that we just released. But Ursula Vernon's newest hardcover has a very amusing page count, which someone pointed out on Twitter. 420. Nice. <laughs> and she liked it. It's like, they were just like, blaze it! And Ursula liked the tweet. So, and yeah, that's our other big new release. Um, pre-orders are actually still open for that. I've started sending in orders to have them fulfilled by our distributor because... Damn, there's just so many of them, and I don't want to have to do them all by hand. Much easier to have Ingram do it for us. So so that's our selection for Midwest. Um, I'm sure we will probably be able to squeeze out another couple for FC, which is only like three, four weeks <laughs> after Midwest. <laughs> yeah, fucking FC is real close, too. Uh, another one we stopped the fuck out of was um, Misha's new comic, Passing Love. Oh, yeah. Because that... That did really well for us. We had that at Anthrocon, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it came out in June. Yeah. It's almost 100 pages long, and it's really good. So we'll have that in stock as well. So, you know, go by the table for all your, your furry needs. Yeah, Tyrion is going to get probably five or six hours of driving done tonight. Then he's going to hit the, hit a hotel somewhere for the evening. And he should be at MFF by around 5-ish tomorrow. So they'll still have about... 
five hours of time for Thursday setup. So, you know, we cut it a little bit close this time because uh, we're waiting for packages. Yeah, ideally, we'd like to be there a lot earlier, but it is what it is. And waiting meant that we got a lot more books in there. And fortunately, most of the new stuff was shipped directly to the con. So <laughs> the hotel might might have a few boxes. But hopefully up there and not down here. No, no, um, yeah, I made sure that that was going to, uh, the hotel. So, yeah, I mean, that's cool, and if that's coming up, and hey, Henry Kissinger is fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. Like, Blue Sky is blowing up with the memes, you know, <laughs> death going, fucking finally, at the grabber machine. I don't want a lot out of life, like, I don't care about a legacy, I don't want to live to be a hundred necessarily, I don't want statues or to be remembered for centuries, you know, I don't have those kind of ambitions, but the low bar for me is to be like, let me live a life where to, when I die, people aren't celebrating the fact that I'm dead. That they're not making crab rave memes? Yeah, yeah, like, Foswolf died, you know, like, it seems like such a low bar, right? But yeah. there's so many people that just cannot fucking jump that hurdle. I mean, for most people, like, when they die, it's not a big... Like, it sucks for their family and everybody else is like, oh, well, whatever. Yeah, there's like You don't see people posting, like, crab raves when fucking insert beloved voice actor dies, right? People are Kevin sad about Conroy. that. When Kevin Conroy died, nobody posted that. And, recently, and if they did, um, God would have struck them dead for their crimes. Recently, what was his name? The guy on Friends that passed away? Oh, uh, not Matt Perry. Was it? Uh, anyways. Yeah, well, this, this poor dude was found dead. He was only in his 50s, I think. Yeah, he I think he like fell asleep in a hot tub. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He drowned. They said. Yeah, it was Matthew Perry. Yeah, who uh, and like shit happens, but you know when you hear about someone in their fifties dying, it's just like makes you think about your own age. You know, <laughs> didn't think the cast of Friends starting to die was going to be on the bingo card this soon. You know. Yeah. Then we had like the the voice actress who did Babs. No, Eileen Sorkin, who voiced Harley Quinn, she passed. Oh, because didn't I thought Tara Strong started doing Harley Quinn? Was this after Tara did some Harley, but the original one from Batman the Animated Series oh, in the nineties. Okay, I think she'd also voiced some other characters too, but she was like Harley Quinn. Oh. I, I, I'm terrible with names, guys. Like I'm not. This Don't is all off the me. top of my fucking yeah. head stuff. We did not research this. We're just talking. We're bullshitting. There's no plan here. We have topics, but you know. <laughs> Hang on, I need to amend the script to, yeah, to add that part. Let me update the script and be like, oh no, <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to make an obscene bestiality joke. <laughs> For but, another you know, quarter in the jar. <laughs> you know, it's important to remember that while Kissinger was a bloodthirsty liar, relentlessly cruel, and callous in the prosecution of both an illegal war and overthrowing democratically elected leaders, manifesting nightmare atrocities that make the mind real still, he also was a real piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and someone is like, the day I post Hole will be the day Kissinger dies. And they followed up with posting Hole on BlueSky.com <laughs> with a bunch of crab emojis. Oh my god, that's funny. People posting, remember, make Kissinger's death accessible. Don't forget to alt text your Kissinger's dead memes. <laughs> we must be considerate. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, you, you haven't unlocked an achievement. You've outlived Henry Kissinger, despite everything. There we go. Yeah. So consider consider yourself lucky. You've achieved 
you know, a little bronze, a bronze trophy on the PlayStation game of life. <laughs> Outlived Henry Kissinger. That's not hard to do, but you did it. So, woo! That is, that's fun. I mean, it's a little bit of nice news. Like, Panther's sending me memes. <laughs> like, is Henry Kissinger dead yet? Which is a, a website, a Twitter account that posts yes or no every day. Oh. It's just like, yes! We would have been running this account for two years tomorrow night. This has got to be what meth feels like. <laughs> ah, like, maybe, you know, we maybe... We can have a little dopamine as a treat. <laughs> you know, let's, let's manifest this into, like, taking out Elon Musk and... Uh, trump at the same time but the disruption of the space-time continuum that evil going out and diffusing back into the world it's like when a big monster in final fantasy dies all of its ether like diffuses out into the outer environment so other evil fuckers can become more evil than they die so this is what happens like eventually they'll reach a singularity point and like explode Hopefully. Damn. Could be an Islander. There could be only one. Yeah, there, there could be only one, and it's going to be like some weird militia guy in Iowa who doesn't know what he's up to, but he's secretly like triple Hitler. So like when everybody starts popping off, he's just going to like, all his mustache is going to fall off except for a pencil. His hair is going to get stupid. <laughs> he's going to lose a ball. He's not going to roll away. It's just going to like just shrivel up. Fall into a, roll away, go down a storm drain. Yeah, he's like, oh, I was using that all hell. <laughs> Is that your Iowa accent? I don't. <laughs> sure. Oh hell. Oh hell. My, mom, my balls escaped. You got any spares? I told you to lock those things up until you're 35 or you get out of my house. Because <laughs> uh, we did actually have a couple topics. Oh, okay. Like, All right. <laughs> um, like specifically going back to some of the book shit. Yes. So there was an article about this weird woman who showed up oh. at a Texas school board meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the most, like, trash-ass bullshit thing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So this dumb bitch, age 20, comes up and she's trying to tell you that when she was a child, she read a book at a scholastic book fair that featured a kiss. Yeah. And this kiss caused her to feel funny and caused her to go looking for other things. And then she found a world of pornography and it scarred her for life. Now, never mind the fact that this dumb bitch was homeschooled, which doesn't leave you on a good track anyways, and was just lying. And the fact that she also works for a Charlie Kirk-owned... No, uh, Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron. Yeah. Same... Sa- yeah, yeah, Same yeah. Fuckhead These guys are all fucking copy paste, but um, yeah, he turned his popularity from being a child star into being a right wing religious fascist, basically. Yeah, they post like kids' books, but for right wing. Yeah, and it's like, oh, this monkey needs to have a coconut gun because those dangerous hyenas are coming over from another country and fucking it up. Yeah, this is the one that had some of the thirsty furry art. Yeah. There's like a buff-looking polar bear in one of them or something like that. Like, the land of free ice cream, and it's like, communism is bad. But but no, I'm not even, like, joking. The one about why the monkey needs to have a gun Uh is because these scary hyenas are coming over and fucking things up it's like just insanely racist racist it's it's fucking jay naylor racism wow uh so 
this person's coming up and trying to say that, you know, the Scholastic Book Fair was directly responsible for her developing a debilitating addiction to pornography. And then it goes further, and people found out that she actually, well, you mentioned that she, she actually works for Brave Books, the company, and that Kirk Cameron is part of. And uh, they spun off, hastily apparently spun off and created a new company that is going to be a competing book fair that focuses on having non-pornographic books, unlike Scholastic, who is one of our largest distributors. So, you know, they do carry porn. Yeah. And everyone knows animal people are for kids. Totally. Right, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about fucking mushroom? I was like, oh, if there's somebody posting cute content about their fursuit, clearly their audience must be children. Do you know how many copies of The Deep Dark we've sold to Gaping Hole Elementary? Oh my god. Like thousands. Like, it's just a training manual. Yeah, like, yeah. school days, and then it goes to Deep Dark, and then it's alone in the woods for the year, end of your camping trip. It's just how it works. Yeah, you know, you... you First class of today is is stretching class because you know you want to you want to do that in the morning and then um, next class is how to be trans and get your friends to be trans yeah because that's what they're doing. flipping one hundred and one that's what they're doing in the schools they're making a frog scary they're uh, they're playing if it wasn't obvious we're we're being totally sarcastic yeah they're they're, they're <laughs> playing flip witch forbidden sex hex on Steam for uh, educational reasons Savage just started speaking in tongues to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, so like minor, minor so sidebar. So it's like a that, sex, uh, sexy visual. It's novel. not a visual novel. Okay, Flip Witch: The Forbidden Sex Hex is a Steam game. It's a Metroidvania style adventure game where you're this big titty witch lady mm-hmm. who gets the magical ability to flip sexes. Oh, and that affects how the game treat like so. Enemies will fire pink and blue energy blasts at you. Uh-huh. So if you're like, if you're male, the blue ones won't hit you. If you're female, the Blue's pink ones won't hit you. And uh-huh. so bosses use that in their attack patterns. Um, the game is incredibly horny. It's, it's a porn game. Like right. you do side quests for characters, and when you get back, you get a little anime, a lovingly handcrafted little sex scene. Like female cast basically. Sucking your dick, fucking whatever, just waving their tits at you, you know, stuff like that. So this will um, be relevant to a later topic, but so Steam allows adult, yes, like full on adult content. Full on, there is fucking. See, they used to have it back in the day where they would sell. You could only sell the censored versions, and then the companies would maintain a website for a patch that would unlock the adult stuff. Um, now they're just like, fuck it, you're an adult. <laughs> These people are sucking and fucking. And the funny bit is like in each zone. Like when you are defeated, the it gives you a short little animation loop of your character, be they male or female, getting sucked and or fucked. Uh-huh. So like if you're female and you lose in the first zone that has goblins, your character's getting fucked by two goblins. Okay. But if you're male, you're getting ridden by a big titty goblin lady. <laughs> um, in the second area, which is like a ghost castle your pussy gets ate by ghosts or so you're I would getting... think the losing one would be like sadly masturbating at home or no, something. No, like it, <laughs> it actually reminds me heavily of the world of interspecies reviewers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like complete with like the dirty neons in the background of certain areas. Nice. Like there's this underground hell zone with the big titty baphomets mm-hmm. and the background has these neons for like, you know, Male, female, female, male and female symbols intersecting, or male, male, female, female, or like triple mm-hmm. X. You know, it's you know, it's like there's clubs in hell, I guess. And if you lose there, like you get 
stomped by a demon lady or you're sucking in a big demon's cock. You know, just, you know, good Christian video games. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. So that is not what they're teaching children to play, but it is a game on Steam. It's like 15 bucks. Somebody in the fan chat was like, what is this shit? I looked at it and I'm like, that actually looks pretty fun. And I bought it. <laughs> they're like trying to be like, what is this? And I'm like, Looks like a good time. <laughs> what is this meth? Looks like a good time. All right. Let me just light it up. But yeah, this this shit with the schools, like they're trying to say that just kissing is pornographic. And Have you seen the picture? It is the tamest. It is the tamest shit. It's yeah. like, it's a heterosexual kiss. The faces are, uh, they're facing away from the, the viewer in terms of the illustration. Yeah. They're on a stage. It's like a, in a theatrical like a pilgrim outfit or something. Yeah, it's, it is the lamest, weakest shit. Yeah. People's brains just turn off when mm-hmm. they hear this shit. They oh, go, oh I... they're showing porn to the kids. And you're like, what the fuck are they showing the kids? And it's like those two people kissing or people flipping the fuck out at a fursuiter because they're getting paddled in the right. suit by another fursuiter. Right. And people losing their goddamn minds because like, don't you know you have children following you? And thankfully, the poster was like, I've got 88,000 followers. This is my account. Y'all can suck my dick. Yeah. Which is the correct way to handle this shit. But a child might read that post about your dick. Dog. I mean, (laughs) I had the internet at age 13. Mm -hmm. I was finding furry porn at age 13. To imply that kids today aren't is fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, a kid is going to, if they want to find something, they're going to click through it. Yeah. Like, at least when it comes to physical sales of books, you have to be, you have to have a credit card or you have to be in person to buy it. And neither of those are very accessible for a kid to sneak in. Though, like, I have had to snatch copies of uh, art, like, art books out of kids' hands when they, like, they think they're being fucking slick. They'll <laughs> come up and they'll, like, look at things, they touch things, and they come over and, like, snatch a Sampico's art book and open it real quick to get a glimpse of otter pussy and it's like nah dude you're like four years too young for this oh man so i, I just need to like email sam picos and be like your next book should just be called a glimpse of otter pussy and it's just like peak shots just like un- just like ex- the extreme close-up crops of of all the otter pussies that have been in all of their books up until now so like some of them are like really pixelated because it was like really small in the original image. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, a glimpse of Otter Pussy, not the whole thing. Like Scholastic already got into trouble recently because they were talking about like, oh, like here's a toggle you can choose to quote unquote not have diverse books. <laughs> yeah, and you people click to turn off diversity. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like, oh, sorry, you can't have books that feature black kids or you know queer people or. Yeah mixed families or divorced moms or anything like that it's it's absurd that they would even try to pander these fascists yeah it's uh, ridiculous oh so what i was gonna say more on to the article because i i got through about half the article before you came over was that it was like initially it was really obvious that the two companies were linked and apparently they went through both sites and tried to like strip out any references that implied that brave books was involved with Christian Fundy Book Fair, I've forgotten its actual name. But people had, like, the screenshots, like, cached websites and shit like that. And I believe the woman in question, like, tried to update her LinkedIn to, you know... Change the... Change the fact that she was literally working for this conservative book publisher. Yeah. And, like, very much causing this ruckus to, to promote their own sales. I mean, a lot of this shit is... 
Like the people that go to these school board meetings, most of the time aren't actually the parents that have kids in that school district, Mm -hmm. or they might not even have any kids at all. Their thing is they show up to have an excuse for these fascist militias to show up and like threaten people. I read that statistic report or something not long ago that said that the majority of book bans being pushed to this country is the fault of 11 people. They have names and addresses, I'm just saying. (laughs) There's like this very small, very dedicated group who really believe this shit and want to push it. And like, that's the thing with the uh, shit like school board elections and stuff like that. On an off-off election year, there's a very low turnout normally. Oh, yeah. So that's why... Last election year, that that one town or county in Pennsylvania, I think it was, had a bunch of moms for liberty. Had a bunch of moms for liberty get on the school board and start fucking shit up, and that pissed off a lot of people. So this year, uh, which Norway has like a really low turnout because it's not even a, it's not even a congressional election. Yeah. it's just what the states have when they're doing like. Texas has all these constitutional amendments and shit. But enough people showed up that they fucking flipped it. All the Moms for Liberty lost their seats. Yeah. And now they're having to deal with some really sus bullshit they uh, put in place before they left. Mm. And it's like, no, we're not actually going to pay you $700,000 and not make you do shit. Yeah, they... they made some real sneaky bullshit happen. Oh, wow. So, like, they're trying to line their own pockets as well as push this on the way out, yeah. banning agenda. Like... Fuck, man. Fuck. See, like, that's half the thing, right? Like, they're so immoral themselves. You know, they come in and they're preaching all this fire and brimstone, but, like, I doubt most of them really believe that shit. You know, not when you're fucking lining your pockets with 700 grand. I mean, I would argue, like, just in all earnestness... That, like, 90% of American Christianity don't actually believe a single fucking word of it, but it provides them social capital and power. Mm. Like, you see how these people treat other people. If they'd actually read their holy book, they wouldn't. Yeah. But, you know, consistency. Like that one pastor that had a complaint from a parishioner about, you know, leaving, you know, you need to leave out the liberal shit when he was, like, quoting the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, you mean Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some of that liberal shit. Woke Jesus shit. You know, you need to read me some Paul, and you need to read me some Old Testament and talk about stoning whores. Which, you know, also has the magic spell to do an abortion in it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's in, Mm. like, Deuteronomy. It's like, if you think your wife's been cheating, take her to the tabernacle. We'll make up, basically, a drink from dust on the floor, and if she drinks it and has a miscarriage it's not your kid and you can divorce her and if Uh, she's fine well god gave you a child so suck it up mm. this is paraphrasing it but yeah yeah, isn't there something in part of the bible that says that like life begins at first breath or something i mean that's the jewish conception of it basically because of infant mortality they were like you aren't really a person until like you made it past age two yeah and that's been like that in a lot of societies so the whole like Mm. idea of life begins at conception is actually like a modern thing from within the last 60 years yeah so i've been so i go to work three days a week as you know and our new location is a lot closer not on a rail line so i've been driving to work which means i'm listening to the radio in the morning so i often pick up some of the news stories on npr and lately they've been talking about this case here in Texas that just got to the Texas Supreme Court. Um, it's about one of the three anti-abortion laws that we have on our books that went into effect after Roe v. Wade got shot down. And it's got like 22 plaintiffs. It's like two of them are doctors, the rest are patients 
who have all had just horrible fucking things happen to them in the course of their pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the the law is very ill-defined. Yeah. And it just says something like, unless you can't get an abortion, unless the, it's going to be imminent loss of life or loss of a major bodily function. Yeah. And it's led to people, like, waiting at home until they get sepsis and their blood starts turning into poison and then... You know, the doctor will make the call. Like, okay, we could. Yeah, I could legally justify doing an abortion, but the the vagueness know, is the point. And the vagueness is the point. But the state is saying it's not vague at all. It's a decision of the doctor. But you know, if a doctor did an abortion under circumstances where someone was really sick, and then the person later changed their mind or regretted it and turned around and sued the doctor. He'd be going to fucking jail or lose his medical license, whatever the uh, the penalty is. It's severe. So, yeah, doctors are scared and refusing to even say the A word in consultation with their patients, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're worried about losing their livelihood or going to jail. And it's like, so, yeah, clearly the law is not clear enough. But, yeah, like, I, you know, I don't even want to share some of the stories that I heard. Oh, no, it's, it's fucking gnarly. Like, you they're, can look They're it fucking up. horrible. Um, and there was an article, it's like, wow, for some reason, states with anti-abortion laws have a massive drop in OBGYN residencies. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Like, if you can go to jail because you look at a woman's pussy wrong as a doctor, then people aren't going to do that in that state. And that just leaves everybody in that state in a worse off situation because of some dude's fucking fake belief. Yep. So apparently... Florida right now is suffering a real shortage of medical professionals, uh-huh. and even enrollment at medical schools in college is way down in Florida. Because, like, if you're trained to be a gynecologist or you know whatever, why would you choose to go to school in a state where it's like here's all these reasons you could go to jail for doing your job? Yeah. You know, um, it's just not well, to mention all the trans people fleeing. Like, there's huge swaths of states in this country that don't have not not even just don't have like reproductive health stuff like a planned parenthood but literally just no OBGYNs, yeah no maternity wards there's like most of idaho doesn't have a maternity ward that serves them mm. because of their laws because you know they're the alabama of the north all the the weird racism out of eastern washington leached over there into the potato fields and just made everybody a terrible mutant Right. And so, like, that state is a conservative hellhole and doesn't have women's health care. And, well, the United States has, like, the worst maternal mortality rate of the quote-unquote developed world. Mm-hmm. Like, we are dead fucking last when it comes to, like, wealthy countries. Oh, and our, I'm um, sure. our average life expectancy is still not fully recovered from... To the pre-COVID levels. Yeah. Because we just did such a piss-poor job of handling that. So, unfortunately, though, like with this conservatism, uh, you also have things like Patreon cracking down on artists. Yep. A lot of people that I saw initially harping were also like primarily ABDL artists, mm-hmm. baby fur stuff. Right. But apparently also like Transformation and Vore and some other people have also been hit. Where, like, they're they're clamping down on the adult content on Patreon in some cases, and that's gonna really fuck up our guys. Um, yeah, the tweet you linked me to was, like, even if you're not into ABDL stuff, 
you know, they will come for you. Oh, yeah. Like, this this shit is, like, he goes way back to, like, the Puritan nonsense where it's like, there's no furry expression of sexuality that is going to be acceptable to the quote-unquote mainstream audience, right? We're all a bunch of weirdos. Mm. And it doesn't matter if you like animal people in diapers or animal people getting, people being turned into animal people. Mm-hmm. Or just or big straight titty. animal people in the missionary position. Yeah, like <laughs> heterosexual sex in the missionary position for the sole purpose of procreation. Like it doesn't matter. It's sexuality online. It doesn't matter if you're drawing anime ladies or furry ladies or anything. Because like if they're gonna start cracking down on this shit, you have to have some solidarity with the people, even if it's not your thing. Like. I'll go to bat for the fucking baby first. It's super not my thing. And, like, I'll mute dudes who post themselves in diaper on Blue Sky. But I don't have, like, I don't hate them. I don't want them to lose their livelihood that they're an artist. Like, I don't want feral artists. I don't want TF artists. I don't want Vore artists to lose their livelihoods. Like, no. We we need our freaks because they come for the freaks first. And then they come for the rest of us. Of course, I'm saying that I'm a freak because I am. And so, you know, it's concerning because they want to go public. Oh. This shit also has kind of happened. Wait, they are raw. They just had venture capitalists come in with money. They haven't actually gone public. Yeah, and... Like, this actually kind of happened a lot with Reddit. Like, mm-hmm. they had to clean up their act when they went public, but, like, they shut down a bunch of shit. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, got to keep it clean. You know, the VC guys, Peter Thiel doesn't want you to have queer animal people on his website for, for your, your podcast hosting website, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm, obviously, I say is we're a podcast on fucking Patreon. Remember when OnlyFans tried to say that they weren't going to allow porn anymore? Yeah. And everyone was like... I thought that was all OnlyFans was for. What are you going to do? And they were like, we also have these other, like, video blogs and stuff like that. And it's like, <clears throat> people do that on YouTube or that, um, or something like Nebula or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like... People don't do that on OnlyFans. You know, Dark Violet had a good thread a bit ago after EF that's like, keep very weird. Because, like, the sanitization of the fandom, like... People flipping the fuck out because a fursuiter was paddled by another fursuiter in their hotel room and they posted a video clip of it and didn't, like, throw it on their AD or be, like, content warning, butt spanking. And they just posted it because they happened to cultivate an audience. So there's, like, nothing showing. They're both in fursuit. They're in fursuit. Like, the dude paddles them and he does a little, ooh, you know. But apparently there was a restaurant at MFF, like Hofbra House or something. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. you could get paddled by, by the, a the bartender. By, you know, by the waitress or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's super in popular. In front of God and everyone in public. Yeah. And people were like, you know. It's the thing people pay for. Yeah, people pay for that. There's people. They do it all the time. It's just that it became really popular at MFF for some reason. Yeah. I mean, the place is closed since then, unfortunately, because uh, COVID. But this was a quote-unquote family restaurant where you could get paddled. And people flipping the fuck out were getting people posting like, oh, like here's a scene from The Simpsons. Here's a scene from fucking Spongebob of a character getting their ass slapped, you know? Yeah. Like, you're going to complain or you're going to start screaming at fucking Nickelodeon because Spongebob got his spongy ass like well, I mean, if they're completely scholastic about two people kissing in a totally chaste way, then... Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, conservatives, and these are our oh, yeah, these are conservatives Because, our... I mean, like, honestly, there's zero fucking distance between someone being like, hide this from the eyes of children because God is judging you, or hide this from the eyes of children because they might have impure thoughts. Well, guess what? It's from the same fucking impulse. Like, 
I'm not saying, oh, you need to expose porn to kids, but I'm just saying, like, flipping the fuck out is a, if I think of the children, is a innately conservative impulse that you have to squash. Yeah. Because we're all fucking adults here. And if you come, you know, it's that one's like, ah, you know, you come into my house, tell me how to arrange my furniture. What a fool you are! Mm-hmm. Divine skeleton death blast! Well, yeah, that, that kind of thing reminds me of, like, uh, I was thinking this the other day, because uh, Ajax was covering up um, some of the porn in my interior's bedroom, because we were having a maid come over uh, to clean all the bathrooms for Thanksgiving. And it made me think of that one dude that did the same thing. He had, like, a plumber or workman or something, and he yeah. covered up the porn in his bedroom, and some fucking kid freaked out and, and talked about how thing. degenerate it was to have porn up on the walls, and I'm like... In his private bedroom? Yeah, I mean, he was uh, considerate and covered it up. Yeah, exactly. And you know what the maid said? It was like, oh, I, I, I've seen way worse, basically. Oh, I sure. see this shit all the time. You know, like, it's fine. I mean, and in that particular case, the things were actually like the little sticky stripped onto the wall. Yeah. Like, I have porn up in my bedroom, but it's on hangers. Like, I can just take them down whenever maintenance has to come through and look at something. Yeah. But... You know, I don't have a ton of it. And but even then, it's not because I'm ashamed. It's because I'm being considerate. Not like I'm going to guess that the dude in his 60s, who's just the old maintenance guy, isn't going to be too perturbed about possibly seeing a like framed picture of Nala's ass by Rika Pub <laughs> from across the room. When walking to the bathroom. Yeah, and I remember you told this story on the podcast a while ago, but you had to have plumbing work done in one of your bathrooms, and you moved your, like, case of dildos out from under the sink. And yeah. put it in a bag in another area so that, you know, the the guy doesn't have to, like, maneuver through horse cocks and shit to get to the yeah. shut-off Like, valve. again, that's not... That's just being considerate of other people. Yeah. You know, making their job a little easier. It's not a shame thing. It's just that this guy's coming in to do work, and I don't want to inconvenience him because I want him to get in, do the work, and leave. Yeah, which is his, you know. That's his goal, too. That's his goal, too. So, you know, that he doesn't have to shift a bunch of horse cocks around. Yeah. There's only two of them. (laughs) Then there's a griffin. Then there's a wolf. Then there's the horse pussy. And then the other one from Bad Dragon, the dog one, the hazel. Ooh, and then there's the one of the inflatable lot ones. Remember the ones back in the day that we were like, "Oh, it's horrifyingly <laughs> realistic dog <laughs> cock red." Yes. Yeah, I got I got one of those now. Mm-hmm. It was given to me by someone else. Spoiled that bitch just in case. Anyways, that's like neither here nor there. <laughs> but like you know, it's it's being considered for other people, but not like telling other people what they can do as well. Yeah, it's just that that fucking meme of where it's like my religion says I can't eat meat, and the other guy's like, okay. And then the, the bottom was, like, my religion says, you can't eat meat. And he's like, fuck you. Yeah. You know? You know, if you want to be puritanical, if you don't want to see any adult shit whatsoever, if you never want to have sex, that's that's totally on you. Fine. You know? If you're asexual, I'm not going to be a jerk and shove porn in your face. But you need to not go on. And I, so I'm not saying it's just asexuals that do this, but I'm just saying you need to not go on a puritanical crusade whenever people are sexual, like, in their own spaces. Yeah, it's like, you know, you don't want to see it cool and you curate your feed, but you don't go out to other people and yell at them about it. 
Yeah, and, and people wearing, like, pup masks or harnesses at furry cons, it's like... But you could go outside and look at all these ads, and there's, like, women in bikinis and stuff like that. Like, like all this walk. sexually suggestive stuff. And people wearing really revealing outfits outside of furry cons in, in human space. I mean, and it's like, you, you will be completely unable to function if you're, if you're really that fucking concerned about it. Yeah. I mean, again... You can walk to the back of a Spencer's Gifts at any mall and buy a dragon cock. They're low quality, but they have sex toys and stuff at the back of those stores. Yeah, all in a kinds mall of lube. Next to the fucking Claire's. Not next to, but they're relatively close by, you know? Like, the this weird... You have the society, which is pretty sexual in a lot of ways. And then you have, like, this weird faction people desperately trying to, like, grab and hold on to this fake idea of purity... Or, like, just, if you don't want to see it, that's fine. But you can't yeah. make that decision for other people. It's that Marge Simpson image of, like, I just think that because it's not to my flavor, nobody should have it, right? Mm -hmm. It was something about wrestling way back in the day. or No, it was itch versus Itchy and Scratchy. It doesn't fucking matter. It's an old Simpson screenshot. Right. Like, from the early 2000s, late 90s. And I remember being a teenager and going to the mall and going to dispenser gifts and, you know, you'd, like, look at the, the weird little gadgets and toys and stuff like that, laugh at the funny t-shirts, and well, see, wander around the back. You've got the posters of all the supermodels in bikinis, and then you've got all the... The sexy birthday the, cards. The sexy birthday cards. That the are all joke vibrators suggested. that are, like, shaped like corn. Yeah, yeah, like, even back then they had vibrators and they had lube. They didn't have dragon cocks back at that point, but, like, still... They had edible but, panties, but which are nobody, basically just fruit roll-ups. When I was a teenager, no one in Spencer's was running up to me, going, like, no, you're not allowed to go past this line on the floor of the store or, or anything like that, you know? Like, my parents weren't rushing me out of the Spencer gifts or anything like that, like... It, this is a foreign concept to me. Yeah, basically. I mean, are, it like, is one of those out. things that it is like generational, and a lot of this shit feels really fucking silly to me. Uh, yeah, it feels very inconsequential, but also I, because my perspectives are that of someone who's been online since I was thirteen. I did read, and I'm fucking forty. An opinion, maybe it was a thread on one of the socials or something that said that the Zoomer generation has grown up with their whole lives under surveillance, right? Yeah. And they've, some of them have tried to learn to be very careful about any private shit online whatsoever, like private, like sexual stuff and things like that. So like, it's kind of freaking them out and going against some base instinct in their brain when they see people like publicly posting whole because Kishinder died and, you know, yeah. et cetera. And, I think they're growing up, they're getting online, and now they're kind of being hit in the face with the fact that, oh, the, the rest of the world is not, like, keeping all of this shit locked down like I've been my whole life. It's fighting against that that impulse, I guess. And the notion that you can just look at stuff and no one's gonna fucking, like, blow up your spot, necessarily. You can just go and look at... We can read the fiction on AO3. You can go to E621 and browse whatever tag you want. Like, nobody's gonna come... Like, God isn't judging you. He's not watching you jack off. People have this idea that they're constantly surveilled and... For the most part, they really aren't. Like this it's whole like they grew up with fucking elf on the shelf. Yeah, like there's discretion that one should have, but for the most part, there's no secret camera watching you all hours of the day. Now, I did see 
a rather disturbing thread today talking about the panopticon of modern life for kids um. and like parents to do this shit like life 360 which is a quote-unquote modern it's like find my friends except it's a parent parent controlled one that kids can't turn off we have find my friends on because we want to know whenever we're showing up to be like oh tavern's here i should open the door and let them in yeah or like oh Oh, looks you're five minutes out, time to put the warming towel on the dildos. Exactly. But this Life 360 stuff, like kids keeping tabs on each other all fucking times, parents keeping track of their kids, parents having immediate access to their grades at any given point. Like, there was someone's like, yeah, like, when I was a manager at a McDonald's or whatever, I would have minor employees come by, leave their phones in the office for eight hours, and then come back. Because... Huh. They are so concerned about being monitored where they're going. If they just want to go fuck off and do a thing without being monitored, they would take their phone to their job and just leave it in the office for eight hours so they could go out and have that modicum of freedom where they don't feel like they're being observed. Oh, God, that's so sad. It's, it's fucked up. Yeah. Like, I when I was a kid, you know, I'd tell my parents where I was going. But, like, I I took the bus down to the mall. Mm. I When I got my driver's license, I drove all over the goddamn place. I had that freedom to do it. I would, you know, be home in time for dinner or whatever. I had a cell phone. I could call my mom and be like, hey, I'm doing a thing. I'll, I'll, I'll be back later. But, like, I would go and meet my friends at the putt-putt and play DDR and wreck my knees. I, I, yeah, I'm thinking of, of my childhood, the, the Gen X era. It's like... The rule was, you know, be home before the streetlights come on or we'll beat the shit out of you. And, like, you know, you're just out there fucking playing around in the woods. There's snakes and shit and building tree forts, climbing trees that you could easily fucking fall off and break your neck on. And, you know, just all kinds of shit, you know. I knew so many people who, like, fuck their shit up on a skateboard or a bicycle. Oh, it's dude, like, I did. No safety net, you know. And nobody watching you. <laughs> and it's just it's it's really night and day yeah there was another interesting thing about how like a lot of the stuff that we're told is quote-unquote common sense like stockholm syndrome and various psychological studies that were done in like the 60s are actually a load of horseshit like stockholm syndrome was basically uh like why did these people like side with their people holding them hostage over the cops because the cops were acting like stupid dickheads mm-hmm. and the person was resentful that they had to negotiate their own release because the cops were antagonizing the hostage takers. And they were like, oh, and, and like the person who came with Stockholm Syndrome never actually talked to the people involved. They just were like, why would they not like the cops? So what's interesting about that is I saw the tweet that was debunking Stockholm Syndrome, and then it had a community note on it that was debunking the debunking. It was like, it's like one of those gray areas where like apparently the actual situation in Stockholm that inspired this didn't actually go down the way people think it did but they said that there is actually a psychological thing where in some situations this happens but even then like it's the whole thing with brainwashing was also like trying to explain why American soldiers were like actually you know the Vietnamese are not bad that this is stupid in Vietnam like oh clearly they've been beaten and brainwashed and instead oh. they were just kids that got drafted and yeah. they were like nah fuck this shit you know it's it's Don't a great do that area thing where, like they try to fucking break your sense of compassion so that it's easier to, to kill and like drill I it mean, into you I'm sure in modern like times but in like vietnam they were just grabbing dudes off the street and 
shipping them off to Nam. Look at MK Ultra. <laughs> no, that was going that was to, something else. Yeah, go down a, a last podcast on the left. That page. was when they were trying to find use for research chemicals to brainwash people. Instead, it just made them very chill and cool. This isn't useful at all. <laughs> These people are just having a good time and having sex. We can't have that. It's impure to God. I mean, that's, that's why that shit's largely illegal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Elon Musk is a stupid cunt, but we all know that. Right, so what's the latest thing? I saw the reaction to something he said, but I didn't see the context of what he actually uh, said. Basically, he was being interviewed by some NYT book bullshit thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the same one that got Sam Bankman freed to admit to a bunch of shady shit the previous uh, year, which uh, was funny. Right. Yeah, um, I saw the conversation about the advertising, how he was saying the advertisers are going to kill Twitter, and the reporter is like, aren't the advertisers going to say that you killed Twitter because of the things you said made them not want to uh, advertise there anymore? And he's just like doubling down. Yeah, so I actually have the, the, the transcript right here. Okay. Elon Musk says, what this advertising boycott is going to do, it's going to kill the company. And the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company, and we will document it in great detail. NYT guy. But those advertisers, I imagine, are going to say, we didn't kill the company. Elon, oh yeah? Tell it to the earth. But they're going to say, Elon, that you killed the company because you said these things, and they were inappropriate things, and they didn't feel comfortable with the platform. His response is, and let's see how Earth responds to that. It's very much a... I have studied the blade kind of attitude, or what's that? That um, well, he that, was that, that, guy. that military copy paste about oh, you know I'm I've been in all these wars and I've killed gorilla warfare men or something like that. Yeah, I'm the top sniper in the U.S. Armed Forces and have killed 300 men. He's trained in gorilla G O R I L L A warfare. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's the Navy Seal copy pasta. And well, I mean, he's mm. the guy that posted that fucking picture of him. Like he responded to some dude posting a picture of him holding a katana, looking like a total doofus, uh-huh. with the whole "I have graveyards filled with my enemies." Oh, God. it's the is, cringiest. Is he twelve? What the? Is and, it? Uh, it's like he never grew up. Like, yeah, like he's so desperate to be cool that he's like anti-cool like, which is now cool he see in another 10 years he'll be back in but then people will be like oh you're old you're not cool well the person posting it was also like one of his dog coin sycophants so like it already was not a good start and he yeah. replied and <sighs> but no the thing about that is like he also told bob Iger to suck his dick basically well he was he basically said go fuck yourself oh uh, like, uh, so bob Iger at disney when disney pulled their advertising yeah like bob Iger was in the audience Right. At this thing, and he told Bob Iger to go fuck himself. And I'm sure Disney's like, we could buy Twitter. <laughs> Which would probably be bad, because they would try to clean it up. Introducing but... the Twitter cinematic universe phase one. Iron Man is now CEO of Twitter. No, actual Iron Man. <laughs> we have 730 different spiders men as moderators. <laughs> With great posting comes great responsibility. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that's, he said that today and it's like, wow, that will surely bring back advertisers. And the whole idea that the world is going to judge Disney or IBM or anybody else who yeah. stopped advertising for like, oh, well, you stopped taking ads because he was a raging anti-Semite and racist dumb fuck. Yeah, like there is plenty to judge massive fucking corporations on. 
but stopping advertising because the owner is is saying anti-Semitic shit is actually not something that I would call them out yeah. on. Like, he posted a super racist Great Replacement meme the other day, and he's posted shit about like pizzagate being real which is like an old that is ass. so old meme at this point I like mean, i didn't think anyone still believed in that shit it was honestly i was thrown back to like 2017 when i saw that I mean, he's always been behind the curve when it comes to that's why he takes thought. people's memes and clips the the name out of credit for the website or where they're off and reposts them yeah he he's super behind the curve and you know i i put a, a poll out to couple chats and i was like which would be the funnier thing you know like him becoming flat earth or him doing like the poor person nasara jasara conspiracy belief i don't know what that <sighs> okay so flat earth elon musk that's funny because he's ostensibly a space dork but yeah no i was thinking what would be really funny is if he got into the moon landing was fake considering he's like the space guy yeah but no you're moon right landing uh, fake uh, is yeah. a good, or the moon is a hologram <laughs> the moon is actually a pita bread where it's flat facing us, but it's hollow inside, and it's filled with delicious gyro meat. Oh, it's filled with cheese, man. Oh, all right. But no, the <laughs> anyway, other one. Okay, so what's the other one? The Talk, other say one, the name again. Nesara slash Jesara. N e s a r a slash g e s a r a. It is a conspiracy belief that originated in the late nineties. That one, that all debt was going to be re- wiped out on Earth and we'd all be wealthy, and two, that all money is going to be revalued, and that all money will have an equal value. So if you have a Zimbabwean dollar, an Iraqi dinar, or a peso from Mexico, they're all going to equal one USD. Now, this is insane and doesn't make any sense. I mean, it sounds like it'd be kind of awesome. I mean, in theory. But this is why people will still try to sell Zimbabwean $10 billion notes for very large amounts to stupid people because they're like, the revaluation is coming. The RV is coming. You're going to become a millionaire if you spend $1,000 buying this Zimbabwean $10 billion note that was removed from circulation 20 years ago. You're automatically a billionaire. Exactly. Right. That's the thing. It's a poor person's conspiracy theory that takes advantage of it and motherfuckers do that to sell like Iraqi dinar from Saddam Hussein's reign or insert country that doesn't technically exist anymore but their money has a large number on it right right so i still think like the flat earth or fake moon that'd be funnier but like these are options that he could do he also go full sovereign citizen i mean i could see that happening now you know he reads a Shadowrun source book and thinks i could do that when it comes to the megacorps He's already trying to put a chip in your brain that serves you ads. So why not try to take, you know, be a, what's it, like extra national corporation where mm-hmm. it's like their corporate offices are sovereign territory and their security guards can kill you if you're on the other side of the fence. Oh, is that a thing in Shadowrun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people forget that Shadowrun, the corporations are the bad guys. Yeah, and the same in Cyberpunk. Basically, in any Cyberpunk universe corporations are not your friends yeah because corporations are not your friends irl either really so it's just sort of like what old meme is elon gonna suck up to next it's funny it drives me nuts how black and white idiots see the world you know like because republicans are like the government is evil and it wants to control you and you know on the other side it's like no corporations are evil and i'm kind of like both can be evil or both can be good it's all moderation you know, it's finding the right balance. Like, I mean, it, is it controversial to say, like, we maybe could have had capitalism that didn't suck? Yeah, theory. But, you know, but we didn't have... We had guardrails. The Republicans took them all away. 
And then you have shit like the fucking housing crash, the financial crisis of 0708. And then you have the shitification of basically every facet of modern life. Right. Where like, like, there's nothing wrong with making a product, selling it for a profit so that you can have your own needs met. But it's the, the percentages we're talking about where, like... 40 years ago, like, I saw this thing where they interviewed somebody in um, one of the Nordic countries, like Norway or something like that, and they asked the CEO of this company, you know, how much do you make compared to your lowest paid employee? And he said he makes five times as much as his lowest paid employee. And in America, it's like 400 times as much. Oh, yeah. It's just a question of degree. You can have a for-profit company... And not be evil. Well, and what sucks is when you do have that happen, and then you get VC money, and they fuck it up. Yeah. Like, with so, the like, Patreon products. was actually pretty decent before VCs started coming in, and, and they had to change a bunch of shit. But what was one... Instant Pot, the company that makes oh. the Instant Pot rice cookers. It's, yeah, it's super fucking popular thing. Yeah. We don't They're have one, amazing, but I've heard of it. They're amazing, solid devices. They, the problem is they last forever. Oh, and yeah, so they're like, oh, they're not breaking, and people aren't buying another one. So they hit their saturation point, and they're like, well, what if we did this, this, and this? It didn't work. So yeah. now the company is like going bankrupt because they made a product that was just fucking solid that worked and has a lot of uses, and now it's going away because it was too good of a product. Like it's mm. the shitification of clothing. It's the shitification of food. It's the shrinkflation of food. Like fuck, man. This year, post Halloween. I was at Kroger, and they had their Halloween candy, 80% off, and I got some candy corn in, uh-huh. a, in a you know cylindrical tub. And then when we got it home and opened it and got some of it out, the bottom had a raised bump in the middle <laughs> so that they just they could shave off a couple ounces of candy uh, see, and see, shit like that. Like That is, the, it's the same theory as wine bottles. So, like, the deeper the dip is on a bottle of wine the higher the quality the wine is supposed to be. So they were just saying that, yo, this is the really high quality candy corn. So we've put the divot in the plastic cylinder. Totally. Yeah. But it's like... That's marketing. Shrinkflation. Now there's five big hot dogs instead of six in a package. When there's eight buns in a package, you know? Like, Mm. all of us are feeling this. Like, you go to any grocery store... And it's like everything's creeping up and creeping up. Why? Because fuck you, that's why. Yeah. You yeah. know, you get less food for more money, and if people are like, oh, why are people pessimistic? Well, because guess what? Mm-hmm. I'm now spending like 25 to 50% more a month on food without having changed my fucking habits. It, it's kind of funny to see how things are turning around, though, because like, like a year or two ago when this inflation was starting to really hit, everyday people and, you know... Mostly like leftist activists and reporters were were saying this is greedflation. You know the companies are getting rich, and the mainstream media was like greedflation is not an accurate term. It's not really that. But now there's actually some more mainstream articles and reporting going on that, that are like, oh no, they were right. It really is just like stockholder bonuses and CEO bonuses and shit have just gone through the roof. Like, you know, you can't be like, oh, record high prices and record high profits for all of these companies in the last year. And you're like, that's not related at all. 
Like, I know the economy is complex, but, you know, come the fuck on. It's just frustrating because, yeah. like, you know, you go to the store and it's like, well, that sure was $90. Yeah. You know, realizing it's like, oh, I've got 255 uh, fuel points on my card this month. That means I spent, after I used, like, all of them the other day. So it's just like, oh, I've just spent all this money on food. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to stay alive. <sighs> yeah. There was this a... late-stage capitalism hellscape. It's funny because, like, everyone's doing their end-of-year wrapped things. Like, Spotify's doing theirs, and Apple Music's doing oh, right, theirs. Yeah. There was a I guy who was like, yeah, my credit card sent me a, a wrapped thing. And it's like, wow, you spent the most the most thing you spent money on this year was food. food. And it's like, <laughs> yes, I need that to live. Yeah. Just, I, was, uh, I was thinking of the, the state of the planet there, and, of course, climate change popped in my head. And another interview that I heard uh, on the radio was talking about a meteorologist who had um, moved to Idaho and, you know, he's doing the weather and he's talking about why the weather is doing this and stuff like that. And he got like tons of hate mail, you know, leave the political climate change bullshit out of your forecasts. He got death threats. People tracked down where he lived. So he's, he's fucking off to Massachusetts. He's just like, fuck it. I'm done. Someone needs to tell people in Idaho what's really going on, but it can't be me. Like, you know, I got my family to think about. Yeah. And that's just fucking sad, man. Like, we, we demand our ignorance and you'll respect our ignorance. Ah, oh. Like fucking climate change deniers and anti-vaxxers. Just like no quarter. You know, well, don't you know, tell them how fucking stupid they are. Don't you know that getting your dog vaccinated will give them potism? I think I saw that joke. Yeah. yeah. You know, those potistic puppy girls. But was there somebody actually pushing that? Oh, it's a, it's a terrible, it's a joke. But no, there are people that are like, don't get your dog vaccinated. It'll make your dog autistic. And I'm like, oh, how the fuck would you know? Is your dog going to like arrange its fucking chew toys in, or- in like size order? That's not how this works. Are they going to suddenly get really good at math? Are they going to become programmers? I, I'm sure there are autistic dogs, but, like, it's probably just a, a different type of behavior. Yeah. But, like, I, I don't think vaccinations cause autism. In well, they species, don't. Like, but, and yeah. fucking Wakefield, that piece of shit, lost his license over it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. that guy. Andrew Wakefield, giant piece of shit, look him up. He's still alive. He lives in Austin. Fuck him. Sounds like he's, like, a neighbor with fucking Alex Jones. Who would have guessed? Yeah. I the geographic proximity, you know, not the yeah. like they never Oh that that reminded me, I was like the thing with the uh, Elon and the sword, and then there was like two or three other pictures of problematic white dudes with swords. Uh, apparently that sword is at Joe Rogan's podcasting studio. Oh, fuck so he likes to have pictures of his guest striking a pose with the sword. That's why it's the same fucking sword in like three of the pictures. It feels like in a way of, no, you you have to, like, do this illegal thing before you can join our little clique because, like, blackmail, <laughs> except in this case, is just cringe material. Right. You must take the cringy photo before you can be on my lame podcast for weird men. <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, they, I'm sure they see it as a fucking... Unlike our lame podcast are furries. Right. <laughs> We're cool. I'm sure they see it as some sort of fucking manly thing. Like, yeah, do you want to hold my badass sword? Fuck you, yeah, I want to hold your badass sword. Oh, oh katana. I'm, I'm a samurai. I'm 100% white. I'm Tom Cruise and the last samurai. Don't ask about what happens with the guns in that movie. <laughs> Doesn't work out well. There's a reason he was the last samurai. <laughs> it's just, oh, God, just white dudes being cringy. Fuck. Like, I existed mostly in the time where such photos were not common, so, like... 
my cringe ass photography was done on like film and doesn't <laughs> largely exist anymore if at all mm-hmm. so like my he will not catch my ass being weird and cringe irl i will simply be existing i'm gonna fucking get a commission of your character as a 15 year old an all black holding like a huge samurai sword honestly when i was 15 i did have the trench coat i did have the two-handed wavy bladed sword that i got from fucking like scarborough fire <laughs> but i was 15 and that was a very long oh time you know ago. that's that's a good point like yeah we all did cringe shit when we were 15 elon musk is in his 50s yeah like i when i was one year for halloween i just was like a goth pimp i had these <laughs> i had this fake pleather pants that i found at goodwill for three dollars i had this ruffled blouse so like some goth had like donated their shit it was like a some i forget the brand it's like pirate something it was this black ruffled brows and you i had finally this, ascended and i had this like purple leopard print pimp hat oh nice so i like had the black lipstick and the nails and i was like i'm a goth pimp i was fucking 16 right right yeah and like that's cringe ass shit that you can do as a teen i'm also not a 53 year old billionaire who could like bury myself in cocaine for fun every day of the week and never run out of money i feel like he'd be a lot happier if he did do a shitload of cocaine i mean apparently he's doing a shitload of ketamine which i'm hearing people refer to as regretamine so i mean maybe that (laughs) shit's not good for you could a ketamine therapy it's in a controlled situation right yeah it's not just fucking knocking back some ketty on your couch it's not stealing your horse's pills uh because i mean like (laughs) oh it does have horses it's like a tranquilizer it's yes it's like horse tranquilizer i have heard tale of somebody who has taken ket and it's like oh yeah it was a terrible experience i'm never doing that again and Mm. i'm like oh okay they're like oh but mdma is good and i'm like huh thumbs up do mma while on mdma you just want to cuddle and make out okay so not any gayer to normal wrestling yeah you wouldn't you'd be like <laughs> slapping each other on the tits and grabbing ass and making out you know conor mcgregor on mdma being super gay in the octagon with some other dude doing the same shit that'd be really funny i remember one time we I was at a... all right so there's a commission idea MMA, <laughs> mdma mma and it's just the two Two gays just like slapping each other around, fucking on the mat. It just be like any furry wrestling. I was just remembering that I was like out to dinner with a group of friends. I mean, hell, you might have been there. And it was one of those TGI Fridays, BJ style restaurants. That's a billion televisions. Yeah, and they were showing uh, wrestling, just regular ass wrestling on the TV. And I kept turning around and looking at it. And I was just like, doesn't this seem really fucking gay to you? Because it was just like two buff men in super tight, tiny shorts, like All groping and grabbing each other. And I was like, so this is what the straights are into, huh? Like, huh. huh. <laughs> and um, some of the other people I wish were like, no, no, it's it's pretty gay. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's wrestling. Anyways. Why don't we wrap this up? Because we're at nearly an hour and a half on the Raw. This is nice for a bonus episode. Yeah, I mean, we're just shooting the shit and recording because, woo, we got time. Yep. I'll I'll go and edit this out, like, immediately so we can uh, have a bonus episode on top of... Maybe we'll see what she was up to Friday. Yeah. If not, you, you can come over here. Yeah, yeah we'll figure it out because, you know, Shiva's house is hopefully getting better at this point, but, like, as we've said before, she's 
been having a lot of health issues amongst like it's like one person at a time gets sick and yeah it's not fun also her work seems to really kick her ass especially this time of year oh yeah so right anyways so uh mff you can find tiran and a number of our dudes at the for planet table at Midwest Fur Fest this coming weekend. Buy some books. We're on the very back rows. So you have to traverse the whole Dior's room to get to us. I think it's row N. It's the, the wall all the way at the end. Yeah, we but have, like, who doesn't walk the entire vendor hall yeah, at a con? We have, right? like, three or four tables. You'll see our banners, you know, the uh, logo, I think. It has a picture of uh, Fez holding the books on it. and You'll just see a shitload of books and comics. And, like, as much as we talk about all the hardcore porn, um, I want to stress that we have everything from G to triple X. We've yeah, yeah. try to cover all the... the gender combinations in the sex that we can we try to have something for everyone so you know check us out support her planet support independent furry publishing yeah books are so we will strive to never enshittify the book process honestly yeah like we really try uh and it's hard sometimes because uh like print prices uh, print costs in the last two or three years have increased quite a bit because, like, just before COVID, there was, like, a fucking paper shortage as well. Yeah. Like, you know, the book trade's been hit kind of hard in, in some areas. You know, some publishers have shut down. We tend to run a pretty lean operation because, you know, we locked out and we have a home with a spare room that we can, like, we don't have to pay for warehouse space or yeah something like that. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, following book Twitter can be insane sometimes because it is just... Oh, you know, you think furry has drama, drama and politics oh. like the book trade definitely does. Like, and real world shit affects them because like, um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but uh, yeah, we talked about this, how like the Frankfurt Book Fair had made some dubious decisions right after the um, Hamas Israel, um, Gaza Israel war started. Uh-huh. Like they they. There was a Palestinian author who was supposed to receive an award at the Frankfurt Book Fair. And oh, right. decided that, no, we'll give it to her in a separate ceremony after the book fair, you know, because she's Palestinian. And then, like, the head of the book fair had made a very unequivocal pro-Israel statement. And it's like, you know, there are definitely victims on both sides. You know, it's a very... People make it very black and white in these positions, but it's a very muddy gray situation. And he did not catch any good vibes from that. I at all. don't imagine. Yeah. Um though to to wrap it up on a more positive note, I was gonna say it is yeah. the thirty fifth anniversary of the original Sandman comic coming out. Oh and they have resumed production on season two of the Sandman T V show. I think I remember Neil Gaiman posting about that right after the um the actors strike ended because they got their contract he was like we're we're back at work like right away right after thanksgiving and guess what it's right after thanksgiving (laughs) so that that started this week that's cool that was a good tv show yeah Um, i'm really glad that the writers and actors guilds got like most of what they wanted uh i totally support People striking. It, it needs to happen more in this country, honestly. I haven't been following up on the auto workers' strike lately. I know 
they've been striking at more plant, uh, plants. I'm not sure where they are in the process. I know very amusingly, though, that... I can't remember if it's the Netherlands or Sweden. Uh, yeah, it's somewhere, one of the Nordic countries. It's one, one of the European Nordic countries has, like, a very strong um, union... To, uh, culture. Culture. And, you know, the Tesla plant there might end up being the first Tesla plant that has a unionized workforce because like you, you practically can't operate in this country without it. And honestly, Musk is going to do one or two things. He's either going to be forced to cave because he's answerable to, to shareholders on Tesla, or he is going to somehow just completely pull out of that country, shut the plant down. Yeah. And then try to justify it just so that the no Tesla employee will be in a union. Yeah, because that whole thing was, like, sympathy strikes can also happen. So, like, the auto workers aren't working, and a bunch of other related industries are like, all right, we're not doing business with you either. Eat shit. Yeah. The only thing that, like, a judge in the country was like, hey, you know, if the license plates have already been printed and they're, like, in the mail... You do need to deliver those, but you don't have to do anything else. And, like, his sycophants were trying to tout this as some big victory when it's just the people like, look, the things have been shipped, finish the process, but don't take any new ones. Oh. Okay. It, it was, like, real piddly, like, meeny, 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 teeny, tiny victory for Elon Musk, and they tried and to pull it up. Of course, the fanboys are yeah. fucking but, going nuts. Yeah, you know. I don't get Elon stands, man. You know, they're... I think there's a big overlap with them and, like, the NFT grifters and the AI bros. It's like, any bad idea or horrible person, they're going to back them 100%. Well, it's people looking to make money without doing actual work that has value. They're hoping that, like, right... Crypto, NFTs, AI, it's all basically money for nothing. Yeah. Wall Street bets... Doing shit like the GameStop or AMC or Bath and Body Works, where they're just trying to exploit a fluke in the system, and like one or two people might make it out fucking like a bandit, and everybody else gets held <laughs> holding the bag. Yeah, I remember uh, uh, reading about that. Somebody was like, you know, if you <laughs> if you heard about the GameStop stock it was already too late for oh, yeah. you to actually make any money um, <laughs> folding ideas did a recent like hour-long documentary yep that's what it was yeah yeah that i think we both watched it we probably did also and i'll link tear into this um dan olson folding ideas is on an episode of behind the bastards uh, being interviewed by robert evans so that's like kind of a two-for-one on interesting people talking about interesting shit so yep and Maybe I, it's it could happen here. It's either behind the bastards or it could happen here. So I do want to leave you guys with the one cool thing for the week. Okay. We're going to wrap this shit up because we are now past 90 minutes on the raw. Um, Retails of Magic has concluded their first campaign. Mm. So it's finished. And they have started their next one. So if you want to get in on the ground floor with a new one, now's a good time to get in on Retails of Magic. Mm. It's a fun show. Uh, there's also another one called Skulltenders, which is another comedy actual play with some internet people that i think are cool oh, also like jess o'brien voidberger like the um the show that scanlon's hand is from i never remember the name of it which one scanlon's hand 
hand? I don't know. It's like know. the the mage casts this thing and like it's like a holographic version of his hand can like reach out and grab things. I have no like idea what you're talking about. It's like, oh, it's, it's an animated show. It's on Netflix. It's a very funny D&D style thing. It got renewed for a second season. I believe it's dropping already. Like the Critical Role one? We can look this up. It's like Xenosaga, but no. No, Xenosaga is something else. Yeah, yeah. It has a name like that. You know, like an anime-ass sounding name, but it's actually like a and d thing. I really don't know. Oh, dude, you would probably would, like it. Yeah, I just I don't have Netflix. Oh, okay. All right. We can look it up. We'll switch to T-Mobile and you can get Netflix free. No. Hi, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner and user of Mint Mobile. <laughs> hey, so patreon.com slash the podcast. Uh, find us in the Telegram group or buy some books for planet.com, baddogbooks.com. Uh, nothing's going to get shipped to you until after MFF because all our products there. Use coupon code not at Mint Mobile. Sure. <laughs> so on that note, good night. And buy books. <laughs>